Hello, hello, and welcome to uh, Women Are Power podcast, our uh, next edition of our podcast. Um, my name is Renee Wilson of Until B. I also have Mecca Khadija of Dove Love Designs. And um, today's topic is going to be starting a business on a budget. We're going to give you some tools, some tips, some tricks on uh, how you can start a business on a budget. So I'll uh, let Mecca get started and then I'll go ahead and jump in. So the first tip we have is basically a do-it-yourself, a DIY. Um, This is really good for if you just don't have the money to pay someone um, to do the things that you need. So, of course, that means learning how to do stuff, developing skills that you may or may not have, um, and just figuring out how to do things. Um, For example, building a website. A lot of the websites have different templates that you can use, and you can kind of maneuver and change it to, to what you want based on your business. Um, even registering your own business, there's ways that you can do that um, instead of using an official company to help you register your business, um, designing your own logo, uh, designing your own social media platforms as well is a part of doing it yourself. It sounds like a lot and it could definitely be a lot because I've done it myself. Um, So it is definitely a lot of work, but it's possible. Um, especially if you, you know, develop a business plan and you kind of just make a timeline of the things that you want to do instead of looking at all of the things that it takes to start a business, just kind of breaking those down into to smaller goals by the week or by the day or by the month. Um, then you can just chip away at different things, but learning how to do it yourself. And then the great thing about learning how to do something yourself is that you can teach someone else how to do it. So um, DIY, so that's website building, registering your business, logo, social media, and everything else that comes along with being a business, but at least those basics will, will kind of help you out. Awesome, awesome. I did want to just quickly, before I get into the next um, aspect, is uh, quickly touch on something that you mentioned about a business plan. Um, I cannot stress, and it's probably my MBA background, but I cannot stress how important it is to develop a business plan, no matter how bare bones it is to develop a business plan when starting off your business. I mean, there's a ton of components to a business plan, Mm -hmm. but one of the major components to every business plan is that financial analysis where you pretty much analyze your, I mean, some business plans have two-year projections, some have three-year, five-year projections really depends on you. But that financial projection is there. So that's going to really help you a lot, especially if you're starting a business on a budget and you already kind of have that outline, then you know where you have room to, you know, hire outside help or as Mecca said, you know, look into DIY options. So I can't stress, you know, how important that is to uh, create a business plan just in general. Definitely. Um, the, uh, the next thing that I'm going to talk about is with regard to outsourcing. So um, starting a business on a budget, outsourcing may be something, and again, this depends on you know, your finances, but it may be something that you may want to consider um, doing. Uh, examples of different forms of outsourcing could be, um, say for instance, you know, you're looking for a logo. You're not exactly, you know, creative. You can't really use those DIY sites like the Canva to create your own logo. So you need some assistance. There is a, um, a platform called Fiverr, 
Um, that's actually where I got my logo from. Um, you can go on Fiverr and you pretty much just, you know, look at, uh, there's a ton of different graphic designers. Fiverr is just a huge platform that have like any and everything. They have grant writers there. Um, if you need a flyer design, they have that there. Logo designs, they have that there. Um, architectural plans, believe it or not, they have that there. Oh, wow. So. Yes, yes, I, I found that out uh, <laughs> one time perusing. But um, they have a ton of things there. If you're, you know, even applying for a grant, you need a grant proposal, they have grant writers there as well. But, you know, going back to things like if you're looking for somebody to do a logo, um, they have those there. And you can get these things done for as low as, you know, $10, $15, You know what I mean? The turnaround time, anywhere from 24 to 72 hours, you pay a little bit extra to get a quicker turnaround time. But you're spending, you know, by far, I would say less than 50 bucks on a standard logo, um, you know, depending on what kind of logo you're looking for. So that's one of the things you can outsource. Um, another thing you want to think about in terms of outsourcing, depending on the type of business that you are, um, say if you, you need to hire employees for your business rather than hiring employees, because what a lot of people don't realize is that when you, there's a difference between an employee and an independent contractor. You know, people tend to right. use them interchangeably, but there's a significant difference. When a business hires an employee, you bring on an employee, you have to, um, there's a tax liability there. So now there's payroll taxes that you're responsible for. There's workers' compensation insurance that you, you know, have to get depending mm -hmm. on what state you're in. So you have to look at all of those tax liabilities as opposed to if you decide to, you know, outsource and get an independent contractor, you don't have to worry about those tax liabilities. Independent contractors are responsible for uh, paying their own taxes, submitting their own taxes, you know, once it comes time for, you know, them to file taxes. So you don't have to worry about paying any extra taxes, workers' comp, um, you know, vacation, sick time, anything. You don't have to worry about that for an independent contractor um, because they're just that. They're an outside contractor that you hired um, to assist you with your company. So you don't have to worry about any of that. So um, that's the, the one aspect of the, um, the outsourcing mm -hmm. that, um, you know, I wanted to definitely get into. Another thing that I wanted to get into is um, pitch competitions. So pitch competitions are a great way to, you know, get some, uh, some additional funds as well. Now, I'll be honest, it's, it's not going to always go your way, meaning that right. <laughs> you may not always win the pitch competition. Um, but just practice. Exactly. And just to, for, for people who don't know what a pitch competition is, essentially what it is, is that you have, there's a, a ton of venture capitalists who are interested in investing in particular businesses. And Think about Shark Tank. Yes, Shark Tank. Um, <laughs> Shark Tank is actually a very good one. Um, and they're interested about, you know, they're interested in, you know, investing in um, a business. Um, right. Potentially your business. So what you want to do um, is you would go ahead and you, it's literally like a three to five minute pitch, depending on the competition. You make your pitch and it's you, it's like an, an elevator pitch, so to speak. You right. know, you just okay. give the bare basics of what your company is, how, you know, your company is going to benefit whatever target market is, why this person should invest in your company, how much you need. That's it. Real quick, real simple. 
Right. You can have slides if you want, but it's, you know, it depends on the competition. And some of these pitch competitions, you can get anywhere from up to as much as um, $100,000. Some of them, you know, they give smaller amounts, like the larger prize would be something like $100,000. Sometimes they'll have, you know, smaller amounts, 10000 5000 2500 for honorable mentions, things of that nature. So, you know, that's definitely something to um, to consider um, these these pitch competitions, because, you know, like like Mecca said, if you don't get the money, it's definitely great practice. It's Keep great practice. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Keep doing it until, um, you know, you something happens for you. you. You just never know. And I mean, I've done a few myself yeah. and it's it's. One, it's great practice as far as public speaking, but it's even better practice as far as knowledge about your brand and about your business. Because if you're able to explain the main aspects of your brand and business to get somebody to invest in a few sentences, listen, (laughs) you know what I mean? It's 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 great. So if if nothing else, it's just great practice you know, great contacts as well, because what happens is that you sign up for these different pitch competitions, you know, you get on these mailing lists and now they start, what happened with, with me when I signed up for them, now I'm starting to get various emails um, about different grants that are available. You know what I mean? And um, I want to really mention Fearless Fund and New Voices. Those are the two main companies um, that they host various pitch competitions, but they also, if you get on their email list, they'll send you a ton of email um, about different grants that are available for small businesses. And then there are also larger companies. I mean, outside of these two smaller companies, for instance, Essence Fest. Essence Fest had a huge pitch competition um, this past year. You know what I mean? So you want to look at South by Southwest. They had a pitch competition. So these big events that occur on an annual basis, you know, look into those and, you know, people never think to find them, but look into them and they'll have these pitch competitions. And this is something that, you know, you can get a little bit of extra change from to, to help offset some costs. And also um, the pitch competition is important because I remember doing like my first interview for my business and the person asked me, you know, in a couple words, you know, explain to me about your business. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was just going on and on and on and on and on and on. And yeah, it was great information, but she wanted me to say it in a couple sentences. And I went on for a long time. And afterwards, you know, we talked and she was like, Mecca, you got to develop like a, a quick pitch because, you know, the information you was given was great, but if I'm trying to invest in your business, I don't want to hear all of that. <laughs> I just want to hear the important stuff. So the pitch competitions are great. Like Renee said, you get that, um, you get that practice, that public speaking, you become more comfortable talking about your business, your brand, the importance. And then like she said, you may or may not win some money. And then when you do win some money, it encourages you to do another one. <laughs> so, um, so those are really good. And, so a great example of outsourcing that um, that I wanted to mention was utilizing interns. So for my business, um, Dub Love Hand Designs, uh, in particularly, I use two interns. Um, I have, I, well, I have two, not I use, I have two interns <laughs> um, for my business. And they brought a lot of great skills to my business, things that I'm just not able to do or have time to do. They assist me in it. Um, their goal is to one day own their own business. So, you know, as they're helping me, they're learning things along the way as well. But um, interns is a great, a great way to 
alleviate some of the responsibility from yourself and, and also volunteers. Sometimes like with graphic designers, if they're new or if they're trying to get themselves um, out there, they may have like a special or they may do it for free, um, especially if they're in school or about to graduate or something like that, just to get some clientele um, under their belt, they may do it for free. So utilize interns and people that want to get more skills and, and more knowledge in your field. Um, I definitely want to second that. Um, yes. I myself, I um, two years ago, actually, before um, COVID, I hired a summer intern and oh my, I mean, with me, you know, I, I sew and I'm very, very hands-on with my sewing. You know, I, for the most part, I sew everything, you know, mm -hmm. I myself. So when I hired this um, summer intern, um, this was at a time where I had several shows that were happening over the, over the course of um, the upcoming um, Fashion Week that September. I was, I think I was showcasing in about three different shows for New York Fashion Week. Um, so, and you know, with me being the overachiever that I am, I didn't want to showcase the same garments in each show. <laughs> so, you know, I had to pump out a lot of outfits, you know? So I hired the summer intern, you know, I sketched my own designs, I make my own patterns. Um, I, you know, gave her the patterns that I wanted. I, you know, sent her the design sketches. Um, and she actually is interesting enough. She came here. Um, oh gosh, I'm forgetting the name of the country that she came from. I know it was somewhere in the middle East. I cannot remember the name of it for the life of me, but, um, she was already coming here for the summer. Um, and then it was just a plus, you know, she had an interest in fashion design. So she, um, decided to intern for me during that time that she was here over the summer, which was phenomenal. Like her skills were absolutely phenomenal. It was, it was really cool because she and her father actually came for the summer. They were up in an Airbnb, That's not too great. far from my house. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. It was not too far from my house. Um, I have like four or five sewing machines. <laughs> so I was able to, you know, give her one of the sewing machines to use for the summer. You know, I gave her all the equipment and all the fabric that she needed. Um, she came with me on photo shoots, helped me do fittings at the same, you know, during that oh, summer. Wow. Swimwear well, she was shoes. like hands on, hands on. But listen, she she was phenomenal, phenomenal. She, you know, <laughs> pumped out these outfits and these garments. It was amazing. So yeah, I am a big advocate of the interns. And I mean, unbeknownst to me also, and I think it's because I'm so old school and I'm so accustomed to sewing my own um, garments um, and everything. Um, I didn't realize, and, that, and this is outside of the interns, but, you know, for those who are, you know, interested in fashion design and sewing, you know, you can actually hire, um, you know, sewers or, you know, seamstresses, you know, to, you know, assist you with your sewing. I know it's very common and very heavy um, in New York. Um, they tend to do that a lot, you know, just hire a lot of sewers to, you know, pretty much. Especially if you have like events coming up and you're getting new, you know, items out, definitely. Exactly. Or, you know, if you have, you know, you're in an online retail store or an in-store right. retail store and, you know, you need to really meet customer demand, you know, hiring these sewers would right. really, and this is, I mean, this is like, obviously if you're getting further in your business and you're generating more income where you need to hire the extra help of people to sew, definitely. Because, I mean, ultimately, this is what the bigger brands do anyway. You know what I mean? They're not, you know, you don't see Calvin not over there sewing That's his own true. clothes. You know what I mean? They create the concepts, That's create true. the designs. And, you know, they hire themselves, you know, so 
as, as you make more money, that's definitely something that you want to start to consider. Obviously, start with the intern round, which is where I started. And, you know, some of these interns, their their skill is impeccable. And then, you know, as you get more money, you can definitely move up and, um, you know, start to uh, really outsource. And, right. You know, and hire. Get a team. Um, also, with the interns, because I had mentioned that to um, a fellow business owner using interns. And one thing she mentioned to me was confidentiality um with a NBA. lot of her, and having access to a lot of her things so for those that may you know have those feelings you know that's why it's important to vet your interns and make sure that you get someone that's aligned with your business and, and what you want to do um i know for me for some of my interns they have access to my social media um and things like that so what i do is before like when we have our initial meeting I tell them I'm going to send you a disclosure statement, you know, with certain things that I have outlined in there, they must sign. Um, and that's just, <laughs> it, it is what it is. No, that, that's it. Yeah. And the same thing for my nonprofit, um, the ladies that's on my nonprofit. Um, and it's just to protect the work that I've done um, in my business and in my nonprofit and to just protect the brand that's being built. So, um, you know, I know people have those apprehensions with interns and stuff like that. So with Renee and, you know, choosing interns for her designs, I'm sure that, you know, she's choosing people that's not going to steal her designs and, you know, and, and things like that, you know, and just ensuring that she's getting people that is going to do the job and make her business flourish. So just if you have those apprehensions, you know, it's, I understand, <laughs> you know, I, I definitely do, um, but it, it's good to, to do some vetting. Um, I know for me, I have a, in, a form that my interns fill out first, where I kind of just vet them that way and just seeing their skills, if they have a resume, I ask them to upload it and just things like that to try to just vet through. And then if they, you know, their skills is something that is good for the business i reach out to them if not i still reach out to them and tell them you know maybe next time or not right now or whatever situation so and that's where the uh <laughs> my, i put my legal hat on really quickly right <laughs> i cannot stress these ndas non-disclosure agreements a non-disclosure agreement will be your best friend right. okay let me tell you because it protects your intellectual property, mm -hmm. it protects your ideas, it protects your brands. If I mean, with somebody you know uh, like me in the in the in the type of um, you know business that I'm in, you know, it's not a, a tech thing. You know, it's it's strictly just you know ideas, right? Know I mean? And the only way that I can protect my ideas, my designs, my sketches, you know, these NDAs, because the NDAs, I mean, you can put in the NDA what you want it to cover, but for the right. most part, you know, it covers anything that that intern, employee, independent contractor, whoever you decide to, to employ, you know, it prevents them from disclosing any of your business's trade secrets. Yeah any of your ideas, taking it to a competitor, um, yeah. working, you know, with a, a competitor. I mean, you can tailor it to say whatever you want it to say. You can be as tight or as loose as you want it, but I'm going to stress definitely, you know, that that is what will resolve your apprehension, getting an NBA. Yes. 
Because at the end of the day, if they do take your idea or anything of any part of your your business and try to rebrand it or, you know, sell it to a competition or something, at least you have that document to protect you and you can sue the mess out of them. Yes. Um, And also with that, I remember um, for my nonprofit, when I was talking with one of the ladies that was interested in joining my team and she's on my team now. She told me, she asked me, she said, Mecca, you know, I want to join the team, but, you know, there's ideas of things that I want to do that's kind of along the line of what you do, but not exactly what you do. So with joining your team, you know, she, you know, she's like, if I, if there's things that I want to do, you know, I don't, like, if there's things that she want to do, right, she does, she wants to make sure that I'm okay, I guess, you know, whatever. And, you know, the way that I, explain that is number one I want us all to win right so it's I'm not you know if you're starting a business I'm like oh oh you, oh, you got a new business like so you can't do this now like I'm not going to be like that now if we discuss having let's say an event and then your new business is about you know what we've been discussing in our meetings then I have a problem <laughs> because you're now taking those ideas but you know with the type of business that she had actually mine's a nonprofit. hers the business the missions are completely different but the audiences are pretty much the same so you know i told her there may be times where we can collaborate and maybe times where we kind of cross paths paths within our your business and my nonprofit. but i'm never going to like stop your growth of you know forming a business or your own nonprofit. however there are things that's so, <laughs> that are you know that stated you know in this agreement that you know I'm gonna know if there's some funny money, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but at the same time, of course, I want us all to to win. <laughs> of that's, that's always cool. It's always cool. But protect so, your brand. Like when they said, protect your brand. Have those agreements. Um, and you know, if you feel something is just not right you know, address it. That's all I got to say. Just address it and, and, and get it through. Um, all right. So how to start your business on a budget or starting your business on a budget. We talked about DIY, outsourcing, pitch competition. So next we're going to talk about grants and small business loans. So there's so many different grants out there. I think um, with COVID, a lot of companies and businesses started to really I guess cater to small businesses or cater to up and coming businesses and really see the need for it. So, so many different companies, organizations have small, um, have small have grants for small businesses and grants. Usually you don't have to pay back. Grants are like free. I think about school when I think about when I got a Pell grant and then when I got a loan, the Pell grant, I didn't have to pay back. So usually grants is the money that is like given to you. Um, and a lot of grants are for minority businesses, small businesses, women-owned businesses. Um, there's so many, but one in particular that I want to discuss is Women's Net. Um, and the website is ambergrantsforwomen.com. So they uh, choose small businesses every month about i think it's like three to four businesses every month and they give money free money 
Um, all you have to do is do like a small application. I know sometimes people get discouraged with, uh, with applying for grants because the application process is so long. But the reason why <laughs> I like this particular website is that the, the application is pretty straightforward. It's pretty much you got to have that pitch. You, know, you got to have that, that pitch idea together so that you can just have, you know, answer the question, submit your application. They may choose you, they may not. But you can apply every month um, and then they have like some grand prizes too. So again, that website is ambergrantsforwomen.com. Again, you know, I like to find a lot of grants for women business owners um, and minority owned businesses as well. But that particular website is really good. And then also, if you follow my other business page on Instagram at the Serial Business coach um under my highlights i have some resources as well um, with a lot of grants and stuff for businesses um small business loans there are several of course that came you know before covid during covid after covid um renee do you have anything to add with small business loans yeah definitely so um the Small Business Administration, um, SBA.gov, if you go on their website, when COVID hit, not even just with COVID, but um, the SBA has been known to give out um, what they call EIDL loans, which are emergency um, disaster loans to um, various businesses whenever any kind of emergency hits. So, you know, when um, various states had different, you know, huge flooding when, you know, we had, you know, flooding in Jersey when there was Katrina, things of that nature. Mm -hmm. Whenever any kind of natural disaster or some kind of ec economic emergency happens in a given state or area, the SBA tends to offer these emergency disaster loans for those areas. Now, it, they these disaster loans became more known to every business worldwide because right. the pandemic, <laughs> you know, and COVID affected everybody. So it wasn't just, okay, people who were in New Orleans or people who were in Texas, you know, only heard about it. Yeah, everybody heard about it. So the EIDL loans are still open. They're, um, I believe they're open until the end of uh, December. They're still open. There are some businesses who did apply for the EIDL loan, um, I believe last uh, summer. Um, and even if you applied last summer, um, if you check out their website um, and then even, you know, log into your loan portal, I'm sure you can find other options of, you know, different loans they have available. I mean, just go to the, um, the SBA.gov website and you'll see the different loan options that they do um, have available. They do have grants as well. Um, I remember when I was on there um, not too long ago, I saw that they were doing a... Um, a targeted advance grant, um, mm. but it was for it was it was only for specific borrowers. You had to you had to meet certain criteria. And off the top of my head, I know one of the criteria you had to meet is that you had to live in a low income. Your business had to be in a low income area. Okay. And there were some other criteria you had to hit, but they don't just have loans. They do have grants as well. So I mean, it doesn't hurt. Check out the website. See what grants they have. Um, they, you know, they, they, they give out loans um, as much as, uh, I think it's up to like $500,000 um, is, is like the max um, amount that, that they'll give out in loans. So again, sba.gov, check out the site and, you know, see if you may qualify. As far as I know, their application process is actually also pretty quick. I've had a few um, associates that went through their application process and it's very quick and straightforward. And um, you do, you know, get a response back as far as your um, 
you know, whether you were, you know, accepted or denied, um, you get a response back pretty quickly. Um, now that there's so many people that are applying for grants or that have applied for grants, I couldn't tell you what your response time would be like to actually receive said grant get accepted. That's another story, but you do know relatively rather quickly um, whether or not you are even, you know, going to be in consideration to receive uh, a loan based on the information you put on the application. So that's okay. definitely, you know, if loans are something that you may be interested in, that's definitely worth a try. The one thing that I will say with regard to the EIDL loans, you did, in order to qualify for it, you had to have um, suffered an economic loss or injury um, prior to, well, during COVID, meaning that your business had to be in existence prior to COVID. Right. So unfortunately, right. <laughs> right? So unfortunately, those businesses right. that just started right after COVID or during COVID, you wouldn't qualify because you had to demonstrate an economic injury, um, you know, prior mm -hmm. to the, um, to the, to the pandemic. So you would have, so I guess essentially you would have had to have been in business, um, 2019 or earlier in order to qualify. So that's the only caveat with that for the EIDL loan. I don't know if that's the case with their grants, assuming they're still offering, um, the, uh, the grants, uh, yeah, I'm not sure if that's the same case with that or if you just have to meet certain criteria, but I know definitely for that EID alone, if you were not in business, you know, prior to uh, <laughs> the <laughs> pandemic, you might as well not even bother. Applying. You can't be like, oh, my business started during COVID and we suffering. You got to have been in business prior to. Yes. Suffered a loss. Because you have apply. to apply. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> not started the business on COVID and be like, oh, my business not flourishing because of COVID. Exactly. Exactly. Because, you know, now, now you're, you know, you're clogging up the system now. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just to recap, we gave some great resources um, on how you can start your business on a budget. You know, don't have a lot of money to start things that you want to do. There's a lot more that we can add to this list. Um, but again, DIY, do it yourself. Start learning how to build a website. Start learning more about social media, outsourcing, utilize other people, right, Renee, to utilize their skills. Grant, exactly. Search for those grants, money that you don't have to pay back. Pitch competitions, apply, get practice, get money. Small business loans, look on sba.gov, see what loans are available for your business and even grants. Did I miss and anything? Your, um, just to really quickly with the grants and the loans, um, aside from the um, sba.gov, even look in your respective state. If you look on your general state website, like mm -hmm. I know the state of New Jersey, if you go on our website right. um, or the, the state's website, you'll see that they have different loans and grants available for small businesses in New Jersey. So look on your local, you know, state website. That also, you know, has a lot of things. I mean, the SBA, that's, you know, governmental worldwide, but your state website has a ton of resources as well, too, because it will have local municipalities, statewide programs. So check those out for grants and loans as well. Awesome. Um, and of course, follow us on Instagram at Women Are Power Podcast. And if you're interested in being a guest, you can also email us at womenarepowerpodcast at gmail.com. I think that's it. Hope you learned something. Hopefully you can start your business on a budget.
and flourish. <laughs> and flourish, definitely. <laughs> Until next time. time.